And good evening, good evening, good evening, my friends. Welcome to Bam Badass Midnight Movies. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. Unfortunately, I'm doing this one solo, a little behind with the holidays and all. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. Hopefully, you're healthy and everything's going good for you as the holiday season approaches for everyone. But we're not there yet. We're not in December. We're still in November. And we still got some swashbuckling to do. And today, we are doing a little bit of an audible. I don't think even Mike knows this. But one of my personal favorites, and I'm shocked that we did not put it on the list, The Mask of Zorro, 1998. It is Antonio Banderas. It is Catherine Zeta-Jones and the incomparable Anthony Hopkins. One of my favorite movies back in the days before the comic book industry just fucking took off, went insane. We had movies like this, and this was a really... I mean, when we're watching it, you'll see it's almost like a superhero origin story. And to me, there's some similarities with another movie that was um, in 2000. When did, when did Batman Begins come out? I think it was 2005. A lot of similarities in that movie. And I think that Christopher Nolan, I think, drew a little bit of influence from this film. So we're going to do Mask of Zorro. We're going to go right into it. Um, not sure what streaming service it's on. Check it out. It's out there. Check out Redbox. Who knows? Just type in Google. You know, YouTube usually has um, movies that you can rent for the day, and I'm sure it's up there for $3.99. Who knows? But I got it queued up at 000. And if you're ready, I'm ready. And let's go. In 3, 2, 1, press play. TriStar Pictures, not sure what they're up to nowadays. Usually I would have Mike doing some fact-checking, but I'm not to do that myself tonight. So if I go in little pauses and you don't hear me in between, that means I'm in the bathroom, taking a break, getting a drink, so just to let you guys know, you can do the same. Now, if you've known me long enough, you know that I love a cold opening. You basically have the intro here, 1881, Spain's 300 years, blah, 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 blah. So basically, we're going right into it. And it's kind of a like another thing that the, um, the Incredible Holt kind of borrowed was that cold opening, the quick intro. But with this, you know, we just jump right into it. And if you're a fan of the old Zorro serials like I was when I was a little kid, or even Zoro the Gay Blade. Come on, it has an audience, guys. Check it out. George Hamilton at his finest. Okay, begin the intro of the movie. We got these two brothers here, and basically, this is Mexico, I believe, and the governor basically has imprisoned this area. And I think he's relinquishing power. He's the governor. But in his last second, he's doing some deeds. He's going to execute these men. And basically, Zoro is the man of the people.
Zoro's not coming. Now, how come this guy didn't even take him in? These guys are basically living on their own. They can't be no more than... What? 13? 12? Hey, look, it's Friar Tuck, kids. <laughs> and, of course, we see... I think he's the governor of California. That is Stuart Wilson. He's a UK actor. Hasn't done much since this film. Early on, he did tons of stuff. He did Hot Fuzz, which I don't recall him in. But again, he's a lot older, so I probably wouldn't recognize him. He was in the he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, and hasn't done anything since 2016's Marauders. So, yeah. So he was just chilling. Early retirement. Who knows? Now, Don Luis, played by Tony Amendola. Tony Amendola has had a huge, huge career, both in voice acting and he's still active right now. Lots of voice acting stuff he's been doing. Tons of it, actually. Oh, he played Eno Cordova. Cordova in Jedi Fallen Order. I didn't know that. Yeah, more tons of voice work. Well, he's got a great voice. So. Good on him still going. You're apparently offset. He's a pretty funny guy. Now, this is the cool reveal. Anthony Hopkins as the OG Zorro, which is Don Diego de la Vega. And that's a common thread. It's always been... De la Vega has always like been the, the original Zorro, kind of like Bruce Wayne is the original Batman. Again, a little bit more of the uh, little comic ties that I said I was going to throw in there. Very Batman Beyond, too. Well, we'll get to it. The older kind of hero, kind of like in his last adventures. It's eerily similar to the beginning of Batman Beyond. And then, like, the story. So if, if you look at this story, it's basically, if you want to compare it to, like, a modern day, it's Batman Beyond. Like, it literally is. Why does something always happen during one of these execution things? They got the bags over the head. You th Why do they just shoot them? Get it over with. Now, obviously, this is a stunt guy. This is not Anthony Hopkins. 
but he brings to me he is this film because he just adds it's like when you add one of those distinguished actors like he played Odin instantly when he was added to throw it made the movie better like I thought it seems with Chris Hemsworth were phenomenal and basically this is where that all starts that mentor mentee thing I mean it's been around for generations as Mike would say but I'm just saying like overall like in these in this modern era like we hadn't had like that something like that oh, wait we had the prequels I think or was this before with the prequels not sure but you had that with Obi-Wan and Anakin That's one of my favorite story plots of any kind of movie is like the mentor mentee thing. I mean, <laughs> I think I had a Zorro costume that I dressed up one year for Halloween. Really good job, too, but the shirt was always too tight. He got up there quick. Nice little touch here. It's a nice way to add the connection. With giving him the little medallion. I haven't seen anything about a medallion in Zoro lore. I think that was just added for the film. I mean, I could be wrong. If you guys know, let me know. Like I said, for the time, this is like one of those, you know, before the era of comic book films, which kind of took over the summer and other films as well. This was like the big summer blockbuster. Remember, it was like hugely promoted entertainment tonight back in the day, if you kids don't remember that. Three mocks. A mental of Mixonium. See, I think this is the moment here that he recognizes that it's Don Diego de la Vega, which he should have known already. Amazing shots, too. Like I said, this is just has that big blockbuster feel. It's a swashbuckling movie. That's why we're doing Swashbuckling Month. I love that. That's a poster shot right there. And I think it was a poster. I don't have any Zorro t-shirts. Maybe I should, like, bank on one of those. See, great way to begin the film, right into it. We've established the hero, sort of. You know who the villain is. Then it goes, what I like about this film, it begins one way. With, like, sort of like the old, like, Batman and the Joker. Okay, I'm going to prepare to comic book things, okay? So just deal with it. <laughs> but you're sort of seeing Batman and the Joker. You know, um, Don Alejandro. With Zorro, that's been like the, you know they did like the way 
they portrayed in this film they've been fighting for years and now basically this is it he's retiring by the way what a what a cool cave and if you didn't know that was uh, one of the influence of Bill Finger and Bob Kane to create Batman he's they say he's a mixture of Zorro and Sherlock Holmes and somebody else I forgot who like this is supposed to be like the 1823s. Look at this cool little setup. He's got like he's got his own back cave. Now, as you can tell here, this is not during the age of the de-aging. Basically, this is all makeup. I mean, He's not a young Don Diego de la Vega. He's sort of like at the end of his career. Like, I would say he's supposed to be late 40s, early 50s, if I had to guess. Okay, I would say mid, maybe mid-30s. You can get away with mid-30s. What a cute baby. It reminds me of my daughter. <laughs> so cute. Do not recall. Let's just put out. What a beautiful woman, by the way. <laughs> Look at that cute baby. <laughs> Something about Anthony Hopkins were like these, like we distinguished. You know, kind of British actors who just command the scene with their voice and presence. That they just they they just trump any movie they're in, anything. It's a little, little, little foreshadowing with that line right there. How do you get in the house, though? Like, seriously, this is like 20 people, and you didn't hear them come in at all? A little strange. Just saying. 
I think that basically just affirms he's like, okay, I knew it was you. Now, this is Zoro, dude. Of course you're not going to get him fast. Now, this show has... Um, okay, this is Don Montero. Don Alejandro. I love this. Now, they show here that he is sort of an equal swordsman, but you can see the cheating there. I got some facts for you, kids. If I can get here. I lost something. I'm not very good at these notes. Sorry, guys. And I'm sorry for... Okay, here it is. Um... Okay, the, the film Sword Trainer. Uh... Okay, Bandera spent time training with a Spanish Olympic team. Also worked with legendary sword trainer Bob Anderson, who had worked in films with Earl Flynn had choreographed fight sequences in Star Wars. Eventual director Martin Campbell remarked, we used to call him Grumpy Bob on set. He was such a perfectionist. Bandera's comment to Pearl paid off. Anderson police said that he's one of the most talented swordsmen he had ever worked with since Errol Flint's high praise. High praise. Now we miss his wife is dead. And Don Montero has taken his daughter. What a. Now, base, you got the movie right here. It's a revenge tale. Look at that look at his face. What the, what about the ultimate slap in the face? You not only lose your fight, you not only see, you not only see your 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 home burning to the ground, but you lose your daughter to be raised by your worst enemy. And bingo, we're off. And again, like Batman Beyond, sort of. You have that moment where the beginning of Batman Beyond, the animated series, you have Bruce going on, out on a fight. He's trying to stop somebody. He can't do it. He's got a little heart condition because he's older at this point. And then he basically resorts to picking up a gun and that ba basically ends him. He's like, never again. And of course, that is Antonio Banderas. Uh, 
And of course, by this time, I mean, Antonio was still going strong. And he was last in the Uncharted movie. He was really good in that. Um, he had an Oscar movie a couple of years ago. I think he was nominated for an Oscar. And, of course, he is the voice of Puss in Boots, who basically is, I think, a heightened sense of Zorro. I always said that. Spendables 3, Machete Kills. He was a Machete Kills, huh? Of course, the incomparable Spy Kids 4. But at this time, I don't want to see what he did before. Interview with a Vampire, Assassins. Yeah, this was... Well, Miami Rhapsody Well, that was the big film that got him noticed. No, no, I think it was Philadelphia. Philadelphia. He was in Philadelphia. The Mambo Kings, that's right. The Mambo Kings was the movie that basically put him on the map. And then he went for he was in Philadelphia. Never Talk to Strangers. I think he played a murderer in that film. So he, he's done a lot. The 13th Warrior, which is one of my favorite personal favorites. It's really good film. Once a Tom Pond Time in Mexico. He came back as El Mariachi with a sequel, sort of. He's still going strong. <laughs> and I will kill you. Now, this gentleman here, I cannot find him. Yeah, they don't have... So weird. Yeah, he's not even listed. Hmm. Now you got the Confederates. And which brings us to Capitan Love, our second antagonist of the film. I mean, well, of the many positives of this film, another one that I do enjoy it is the sort of the mirror antagonist protagonist thing we have going on like Dion Diego de la Vega's Zombalo and so does Alejandro 
and both of their battles, like they both come from tragedy. You know, De La Vega lost his wife, lost his kid. You know, lost basically his identity to this man. And as you'll see right here, you know, that's basically Alejandra is at is his brother. I mean, this is not only the bad part, just seeing him kill himself. But we'll find out here in one quick second that, uh, sort of a sadist just collects people's heads. So you're witnessing your brother being beheaded. I mean, they go for horrific things. Sort of collects heads as trophies. But whisper winds in the night. Again, another little cool shot. You see the boat that he came on. And I would say this is sort of daybreak. 6 a.m., maybe 5 a.m. I mean, depending where you are. And we have set up our other conflict now. Now, this jail here, and I really wish Mike was here, because I wonder if that house is Zoro's house, and they just turned it into a jail, because it looks very similar. The way this guy sells it, like the fear in his eyes, that Don Rafael Montero has returned. Really good acting, man. It just adds just more pluses to this film. Like this film gets plused every single scene. Very aristocratic right here by Don Rafael putting the handkerchief to his mouth because he basically considers himself superior, a gentleman. And like, just seeing these people, they're just beneath him. Now, I didn't catch this the first time. I had to catch it the second time. And he saw who he was in the beginning. He knew. I wonder if he just let him get away intentionally. Or he really didn't know. I'm right here. See, what I like here is that... It's not necessarily... The stories of Zoro here... Zoro, at this moment, in this world, is so big that he is, the name itself is beyond the guy. 
Like he had, he meant so much to these people because he was for the people. He was a people person. And I think at this moment, you see Anthony Hopkins like raising his, like, I think that's the moment he woke up. He's like, wait a minute. Because I think at that point, he just, he just wanted to give up. He was done. But like the people still saying, you know, I'm Zorro, like just, they defended him and they didn't even know he was there. That to me inspired him to continue the legacy of Zoro. Like, you know what? Zoro's more than me. It can be anybody. It's kind of like, again, back to the Batman thing. And, and one of my movie notes that I had, this is a heavy inspiration for Batman. Heavy. Lots of stuff here. Not even at his advanced stage, Don Diego de la Vega is still a badass. Again, that Batman thing. This is basically the Dark Knight Returns in a way. Of course, he still loves his daughter, as you'll see. But I think that that moment with the guard, with the prisoners basically, again, defending him and saying, I'm Zorro, I'm Zorro, I'm Zorro. That kind of lit a fire under him and, and said, you know what? Maybe I can't be Zorro, but Zorro still needs to be around. People need that. That's gonna hurt. Stole the man's shoes. I guess they back then they built they dig dug like very shallow graves. I wonder how he got out of there. I mean, I know how he got out, but I'm just like you know, I'm thinking of the bride from Kill Bill and the way how she got out of that coffin just kept tapping, tapping, tapping. This was a little bit easier. It was just a bit, you know, basically a potato sack. See, I wonder if Montero knew that they would find this. I guess they found the gold when he left, and he told them where it was. And that's how they became very successful and rich. Kind of treated them like shit there. I'd be like, what the hell? Bitch. 
you know, I'm not a guy who loves hot weather, but I do like these shots outside in the sun, like in a desert area, I guess. Look at that. Anthony Hopkins is Odin right now. This is Odin, the young years, when he was Zoro. <laughs> You know, I've been a big movie fan all my life. That's well established. One of the things I love about movies, and especially about this one, and I don't know why I'm remembering it for some reason now, but there are some movies, and I'm a big, you know, me and Jones are big comic book guys, but movies like this that are just of one idea, person wearing a mask, this, like... Literally, it is a summer blockbuster, but like stories like this, they just this is a movie I never get tired of seeing. Like I haven't seen this movie in years, and I'm I'm so stoked. I'm entertained. I'm I'm energetic. I'm like I love the I love this movie. No, at this point, basically, De La Vega's idea is like I'm gonna escape the jail. To kill this man. But like, you know, the, the zero chance woke him up. But the last thing he, he thought about was, like, wait, this guy killed my wife. This guy took my kid. And all he wants at that moment, he's just driven by one singular goal. And it's not until he sees his daughter, spoilers, right now that everything changes. This is a young Catherine Zeta-Jones. See? Again, it's adding more things to the film. I mean, you knew she was going to come back, but... Catherine Zeta-Jones, of course... Still quite busy, I guess. The first film that people would know her by. Uh, let me see here. Oh, wait a minute. She was in The Phantom? Really? Apparently, she played a role in The Phantom. The Billy Zane Phantom. Asala. I didn't see that. She did Titanic TV series... Mask of Zorro, who was her big break. Then she did Entrapment with Sean Connery. Good film, by the way. The Haunting. Chicago, she was great in. Sinbad in the Seven Seas. That's probably an animated movie. Ocean's Twelve. Red Two. Yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. And of course, more recent, if you guys have checked it out, Netflix's Wednesday, which I just started watching the other day. And I gotta say, I was not one of the guys. You know, I watched The Adams Family when I was a little guy, and I loved it like everybody else, and, you know, it was cool. But I wasn't really looking forward to it. I was like, eh, I don't know. I put it on. 
Obviously, it's centered around Wednesday Adams. And it's really good. It's it's fun. It's like not what I thought. And like, you know, um, Jenna Ortega, who plays Wednesday Adams, is phenomenal. And Catherine Zeta Jones, I didn't think as a Morticia she would work. She works. Luis Gomez is Gomez. Pugsley's pretty good. And, and the way they add more stuff to like the older Wednesday, it's really good. Check it out if you have Netflix. <laughs> another common trope basically the mentor mentee teaching him a lesson like hey man you can't fight I'm just beating his ass again I don't care if Anthony Hopkins is not Spanish and like people would say like I know some people said oh but he's not really Spanish and like Dude, who cares? You get a great actor. He can just overcome that ethnicity. When the pupil is ready, the master will appear. So I love that, like in this, this little, little, little spiel right here. So good. And again, more Batman influence. Tell me this is not the Batcave. Short words. There's a lot of pain in this voice. Because he's been through a lot, but like he sees in him, like maybe I can make things right. It's gonna whop to you, dude. 
You know, every time I mention Batman, I should people should take shots. <laughs> That's what children say. This is great. You use that thing. <laughs> See, it adds little bits of humor as well. Just works. Such a good line in the description of the circle because it's very true in life. Like, the more you practice, like, you know, it's not about, you know, going to him. He's basically saying, you know what, the circle, if you keep doing, you know, you keep doing what I'm telling you, he, you don't have to go to him, he's gonna come to you. <laughs> I'm a sucker for any kind of training, not only superhero films, but like films like this, like a training montage, you know, it's, (laughs) Anthony Hopkins looks so cool as an older Diego de la Vega. I could hope to look like that. I believe it. These training scenes right here was heavily inspired by some Jackie Chan films. There's a lot of things that I use to this day. I mean, I don't, I'm not a competitive fighter or anything like that. I've trained some and I know how to defend myself. I think a little bit, you know, a little bit of anger and rage. I could do some stuff, but a lot of the stuff that he says here is like, you never fight in anger. And that's a lot, that's some stuff that's borrowed from Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu is like, you know, Art of War, it's an old book. Again, heavily Batman influence as well.
again. A little more confident now. Get to fight a little bit, defend himself. So let's go out. What's the next thing you gotta do? Basically, you gotta find your Batmobile. Well, you gotta find your horse. You know, after watching this film, I really hope. You know, I've been collecting Todd McFarlane figures ever since he started doing his run three years ago, and I have tons. I think I have over 80 figures. Some lines I won't get. Like, I think the um, they Speed Metal they released, and I was like, not really a fan of the Speed Metals. I like the series. I like, but the way they designed their speedsters was just, wasn't a fan. I was more a fan of Dark Knight's Metal, the way they designed Batman and Wonder Woman. Like, Wonder Woman is so good. She's the only Wonder Woman figure that I have because I think she looks so dope. I digress. I, I would hope McFarlane somehow, you know, because he, he does a lot of spawn figures as well. I would love him to tackle some Zorro figures. Like, give me like an like an older Diego de la Vega and give me Alejandro in a two-pack. That'd be really cool. Again, if you guys have shots, take them again. Another Batman Begins comparison. This is basically, he's not Zorro yet, but he thinks he is. If you flash forward to the Batman Begins movie, he basically is trying out his suit with a um, ski mask on. Same thing. You know, even to this day, she's still one of the most stunning, beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. And she's passed down those genes to her daughter. Her daughter looks beautiful as well. And I think her daughter is the same age as my daughter. I believe they're both 19. See, right then and there, they fell in love. It's an old thing that I learned a long time ago. Is this eye contact? You know, fellas, like I said, I'm not a Romeo. I can't give anybody love advice. God knows I failed a hundred times. But one of the things I noticed, number one, if you're funny, if you got a good sense of humor, you don't take yourself too seriously, and eye contact, listening. Now, those two, fellas, they work. Now, these are black mares, not a big horse guy, supposed to be totally, well, tough to train, which brings me to another segue. <laughs> I just started watching Yellowstone, just finished season one, and I gotta say, I had no expectations, I heard it was great, didn't think it was as, 
going in, I didn't think. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to like it. It's going to be like a one and done. Finished episode one a long time ago. Never went back to it. Came back to it. So I was off there. I was off when Tuesday. I'm like, you know, let me watch it. I binged the whole first season. Freaking loved it. The acting is incredible. And the best way I can describe it, because I think um, one of my mentors, not mentors that he knows about, but John Campia, he mentioned on his show, it's like he called it Godfather and Horses. And I think that's an accurate description. It is Godfather and Horses. And it's really good. I think it's on Peacock Network. You check it out. And of course, we get into the silliness here. The horse, you know, kicking some people. It's an all-out brawl. And borrowing a little bit of Indiana Jones here. And again, did you not? I mean, whenever, um, hmm. You can't be. You're going to beat his ass a long time ago. Come on, fellas. By now, you should have known. Again, this is sort of like the first night out. Yeah, there are going to be some chinks in the armor. You're not going to be well polished. That's why I've always enjoyed, you know, protagonists in their older age, I guess, because I'm at that age too, so maybe that's why I like them more. But to me, like... And again, I, I get the growing pains. Like people would say, "Oh, but you know, Spider-Man, his growing pains." And yeah, his growing pains were great. But I liked them when he got to like an older age. I guess it's a you know just a me thing. Not sure if other people feel like that. It's probably relatability. I can relate more to the people like in that, of that age, that you know back then I did like for some other movie. So it just depends.
Those are cannonballs, by the way. Not only did he lose all his teeth, he should be dead. I mean, who wouldn't do this? I mean, honestly, like, he's... At this point, he's like, man, I can fight. I can go out there and do whatever I want. I just met this hot girl. I just, you know, I'm, I'm getting my horse. I'm leaving. But, uh, you know, along the way, he's showing his inexperience as well. He's like, dude, he's not ready to go out there. You know, I'm sure Batman's first night wasn't successful. Now, the church is a big, big character for in the Zorro mythology. If you watch any of the black and white ones, um, even the gay blade, I think they had a Zorro series on CBS for a while. You know, one of my favorites, it's a tongue-in-cheek, the gay blade with George Hamilton. That's pretty fun. But, like, the church has always been a big thing. He's always had, like, a relationship with one of the, 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 uh, the fathers or the, one of the pastors here. Like, the pastor was always helping him out, you know, hiding him like this. So, it's just, this goes back a ways. And, of course, who would he run into? Again, one of my favorite scenes here. It's It could be, it starts very comedic, but then when it goes into, like, the love story, it, it works. Their chemistry is so good in this film. Basically, say, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. It could be any of the, the commandments. <laughs> like I said, like the humor works. Now, the film isn't very violent, but Bandera stays true to the gentleman swashbuckler archetype. But, producers had considered Robert Rodriguez in the director's chair. The guy known from a gruesome violence and as a friend of the renowned actor Quentin Tarantino, Rodriguez, he gained tons of notoriety. Jamel Mariachi... But I don't think an R-rated version... I mean, you could do it, but... I just don't think it would work. You know, this whole month has been about swashbuckling, and... I really hope that this... I think it's still around. It's just in different mediums now, but I, I miss the old-school swashbuckling, you know... 
strapping dude or female or whatever you have it just like you know just like you know like an alpha going out there and it can stop anything like you know women want to you know guys want to be him and women want to be with him see they have so many good lines like that one you're like this is the house of god yeah it's all right we'll be gone before he gets back like just cool little it's it's quick And he's, by the way, he's helping himself out here. And we got a little love triangle because I think love likes her too. No, he wants to show off now. You know what I can't find is the cast for this. Like, they're missing tons of people. Hmm. Let me see if I can find it here, guys. Okay, I'm sorry. There it is. It's going crazy. Now, you can't say Blackie nowadays, man. I'm looking. Where is he? Okay, here he is. So, Captain Harrison Love is played by... Are you kidding me? Wow. Huh. You know, honestly, I did not know that. So Capitan Love, Harrison Love, is played by Matt Leshner. Matt Leshner. If you guys are fans of The Flash, and I was, I mean, it's final season's coming up, and I love the first four. He played the OG Reverse Flash. And he was great! Actually, actually, um, uh, what's his name? Her I mean, the character's name is Harrison Wells, but what is the name of the actor? Oh. He was an Ed, the old bowling alley. Tom Cavanaugh, Tom Cavanaugh. Tom Cavanaugh equally did a great job as Reverse Flash. Eobard Thawne, one of my favorite villains of all time. See, this is great right here. His eagerness is his undoing because he comes back, hey man, I did great. And of course, like the old school veteran, he's like, nah, not really, dude. You, you failed. Because he thinks a fame, yeah. Again, his lines are so good. Calls him an idiot, a buffoon. But see, Alejandro comes back at him too. 
Like, yeah, maybe he did it for like a little bit of fun, but but he's like, dude, like people need to see Zoro doing something. See, now you think, oh no, they're going to kill each other. Like, he's pissed. He's like, fuck this. And again, adding more to the lore. Again, very Batman-esque. Take your shots. This is the Bruce Wayne building. The building of the alter ego. Okay, I'm Zorro, but you know what? People would think, oh, he's we never see this guy. What is he doing? You know? So he needs to add that other persona. Because at this point, Zorro is who he wants to be. But now he has to add the layer to protect Zoro. And again, I know. I know they didn't show like his etiquette training. I guess we have to assume that. He learned this overnight or a couple days. I'm not sure. Means another. See, that's where he differs from old Bruce Wayne, where old Bruce Wayne was kind of like miserable, bitter old man. Like this guy, Don Diego de Vega's like, you know what? I want him to take my place. I want him. And then, see, he's kind of smiling. He's like, hey, man, I want him to take it. Because being Zoro is kind of cool. I gotta admit, Alejandro's a good actor to learn all this stuff in, I guess, one night? I mean, I guess you could say he's a quick learner. 
you know, some people, you know, whether in life or jobs, you know, recently I, um, I left my job of five years where I knew everything and I went to another place, a little inside baseball or, um, you know, my, one of my coworkers went to and my, my former boss, he basically went there and kind of recruited me to go and I never had a job that I started first off. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the name of the company. I've never had a job where I have caught on so quickly, and it is so simple. It's like every day, like I learn, I learn something new, and it's fast, it's quick. You know, I only work four days, guys. But you know, if you're happy, and like this is like the first time I can say I'm happy at a job, in like a long time. And, you know, I hope you guys, if you got jobs out there and you're miserable and you want to leave, get out of there. Find something else. Find something that's going to make you happy. And this job, like, hey, it has ups and downs. But, like, generally when I, I look forward to going to work and it's, and it's simple and the day goes by quick. And anyway. Now, how come he doesn't recognize him here? Or is it, or is it too long? Like, okay, he doesn't have the beard. My um, my mother was a native. Well, she calls herself a New Yorkian, but she's a she's a blood Puerto Rican. And when I see these songs, and my father as well, it reminds me of them on um, on Saturday nights. It's usually Saturday or Fridays. I think it was before the divorce. Yes, they got divorced. And they would sit at home, and, you know, we basically lived in a one-bedroom apartment with, how many, it was, with five people. One bedroom, five people. My dad worked overnights. My mom worked second shift. So, and when they were home together, they would always drink wine, and they would listen to music. And it was fun, like, just seeing them dance around like that. Again, I'm still freaking out. That's Matt Letcher. (laughs) 
again, it has its silly moments, but like you know, deep down, like again, man, I can't believe that's Matt Lasher. That's crazy, and I, and I could see it now too. See again, he's adding some more layers to his characters. Like, hey man, you know, I can be I can be charming, but I can also be a dick. Again, Bruce Wayne is a dick. I thought Christian Bale captured that really well in the Nolan trilogy. He's turning red right now. He's like, oh my god, what is going on? See, they're not even dating yet. They're giving each other like, yeah, whatever. It's part of the game, kids. Excuse me, guys. Went down the wrong pipe. It's kind of creepy keeping a uh, <coughs> picture of a woman that you wanted and basically killed. Ooh, nothing like the burns in this film. This is when he kind of notices. He's like, okay, you like my daughter. And he, this is him sort of approving. He's like, all right, you know what? That's. Now this dance scene here that's coming up. I don't know how to dance. I may go do the uh, the wall hugger all day, but 
this is a dance I just would learn to love. Or just learn to do. It's something sexy about it. Now, I don't know if that's a waltz. Not a waltz, it's something else. This is when he notices, like, uh oh, what's going on? I mean, if they weren't in love when they first met, like, this is when. Yeah, she's she's like, oh, man. Now, why was she so pissed? I don't get it. God, what a way to kiss ass. Now he thinks he lost. He's like, damn, I couldn't do it. See, he takes a liking to him, too. And I like the way they kind of have a relationship. It's almost like, you know what? He just kicked me with my son, you know? Like, maybe I could trust him. By the way, the costume designer needs to get a big fat bonus. The way, I mean, this is a different era, but like the way they dress them, man, it's just, like, I could rock this gear. I would look cool. Some scarves, purple jacket, these vests. Like, what the hell? <coughs> See, this guy's smart. I was like, wait a minute, man.
Now, let me look up. Hold on, I'm gonna look up Santa Ana. Santa Ana. Alright, there we go. Santa Ana. Let me see. Uh, okay, I got it. So Antonio Lopez Santa Ana. Uh, man, he was from. Look at. When he was certain he was not serving as president of the military career, he was a wealthy landowner who built a political base in the port city of Avercanus. Texas River. Oh, okay. All right. Got it. Smart play. And this is the moment that he basically stops thinking for himself. He's like, you know what? Zoro's more than me. It's people. It's an idea. Something to look forward to. Something to hold on to. Did he say Basuda? Can't believe he's still alive. <laughs> See, they have like so many cool little characters like this guy right here. <coughs> Scene stealers.
Uh, you know I ain't gonna work, bro. At least he tried. <laughs> Has he cut his head off? No, I'm not sure. Packerwood. <laughs> So I guess I'll address the elephant in the room. I have not mentioned that there was a sequel to this film. Because as good as this film is, and it is really good, the sequel is awful. Awful. It's just awful. And it's the same director too, which, like, what happened? It's so... Stupid. You could see reverse flash here, by the way. Look, mannerisms. See, even he notices, like, hey, what's going on? Gotta be hard on him. Look at him. His daughter. That's the point. Right there, his heart is breaking. He's like, see? And he has a way to back it up, too. He's like, yeah, you look like you're about what? No. Oh. So many good lines. Here's a funny little fact. Three years after The Mask of Zorro was released, 
Sony Pictures filed a lawsuit against Fireworks Entertainment. The lawsuit was brought about because you guys remember the series, the 2000 syndicated TV series, Queen of Swords. Now I'm going to describe it for you. And you tell me if Sony had a right to sue them. This is the basis of the series. The show concerns a Spanish aristocrat. Hmm. Teresa Alvador, who returns home to California. It's being degraded by a militaristic governor who murders her father. Alvaro dons a mask, vows revenge. The similarities between Queen of Swords and Mask of Zorro, come on, should be obvious. So they... Uh, they basically stopped. I'm not sure. Let's see. Uh, Zoro has become public domain. And I guess they lost the injunction because, you know, it was a female. Queen of Swords was canceled after eight episodes. That sucks. James Horner scored this film. He was like the big Mac Daddy of scores in the 80s. Him and uh, John Williams. Big Daddies. There's a lot of good scenes in this movie, but I think this one coming up right now is the best scene in the film. And, and there's a lot of good ones, but this one right here, because there's a lot going on. Now you have these two guys, he, su he suspects that he's not who he seems. He even says it. Staring at the head of your severed brother, like everything is telling him And he's holding it in. Oh, such a good line. Such a good line. Even though he look. Oof. I'll, the intensity here is just... Just intense, 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 and it's all the eyes. Ugh. that he has to hold it back like dude I just saw you my brother's severed head in a jar like he saw the people being broken in that in that in that in that mine digging for the gold so he's already 
he's already feeling the empathy of those people. Like, damn, like that, that was me too. Like we didn't have nothing. You're having two characters at the same time becoming realizations of who they are. Alejandro on the journey to becoming Zoro and Elena like now embracing like, wait a minute, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm like my mom. Like, is it, they call them Jesus moments. I like, like epiphanies. Sorry. I mean, Jesus moments, epiphanies. She doesn't believe it. Wait, what is going on? And now we have this moment here, which is like broken. I can't save them. Like, what can I do? And this is genuine. I miss my brother. And now he's earned it. When all I feel is hate. You hide it. With this. And that's... Man, Malone Frith, you're a drink first. Come on, guys. When I was in the theater watching this, the crowd reaction to the Z, I mean, Z is my last name. I'm not going to tell you my last name, but that is the first initial of my last name. <laughs> 
And here we see Antonio in his full Zorro gear. Ugh. So cruel. He's killing all the people. It's a good plan. Again, there's just so many good things about this film. Even his plan is cool. So, the character inspired Batman. Go figure. Clad in black, wearing a cake, vowing to avenge the murder of their family. Similarities between Zorro and Batman are immediately obvious. But what's more surprising is their straight line between Zorro and the world's greatest detective is worth remembering. But the character of Zorro was created in 1919. Batman's first comic book appearance was in 1939. Two decades later, Batman creator Bob Kane has noted the influence that Douglas Fairbanks' Zorro film had on his character. Highlighting of the Zorro details, you might have forgotten the connection to even become more obvious. That, like I've been saying, Biden the Hopkins 1998 traditionally lives in a huge hacienda, a complicated series of tunnels, passages below, including one that leads to a hideout containing a horse. Hmm, tornado was probably the closest thing to the Batmobile. Diego also has a servant, Bernardo, who's deaf and mute. So, you know, in this film, they kind of combine the Bernardo and Don Diego de, de la Vega thing, which I thought was really well done. Now, basically, this moment, like, you know, we saw earlier in the film, that he was kind of a goofball. You know, he was he was a great fighter, but he was a moron. Now we see him at his... At his peak, you know. He's peak Zorro now. He's Zorro day seven. <laughs> like he's holding his own against really good swordsmen. Like the sword play is awesome. Again, the James Horner score. So good. Again, another plussing of the film is that score.
And of course, we're going to see how badass Zoro is. Nice point, Capitan Lava's pissed. I love the sword play. Again, I'm going to say it. What I like about the intro to Zoro here, well, Zoro 2.0, is that they don't just give him like a quick, you know, five minutes and he's done. Like, the intro to Zoro lasts a good chunk, like maybe 15 minutes. Because we go from the scene like where he's breaking in and then we go to the scene in the courtyard. Then we go to the other scene like we're going to see like, you know, in the barn. Then we see another scene where he's riding off like this just shows like it just. This is the new Zoro. This is our savior. We're gonna, we want to show him all his levels like, you know, the love, you know, the action, the swashbuckling. <laughs> now, dare I say, Catherine's it? Well, Elena is a better swordsman than Zoro. Like, even their fight scene is incredible. I mean, like, he's being the dick. Again, you, like, this is the moments of humor you have to add in, like levity. We go to the action, we have the story, now we have this little fun duel between you know two people who dig each other, and they fell in love. They were fighting anger. Now, this moment, she knew she screwed. Like, wait a minute. He's pissed. Senorita. Something about a woman holding a sword like that is incredibly odd. She won the sword fight. He had to use trickery. Or did she want to lose the fight? I wonder. 
Oops. It's over now. Let's go for the kill. Even money more. <laughs> Needs his hat back. Like, he's leaving, and these guys come in, like, literally. Like, didn't they see him leaving? Sort of. But he was young. <laughs> this is what I was talking about. Like now we have Zoro trying to escape. Like the coming, the middle. And I don't get why they were riding, because they clearly weren't chasing Zoro at this moment. Like, where are they going? I mean, were they, were they scouting? I guess they were scouting the forest, seeing if he was there. The, even the horse has personality in this film. <laughs> Stupid horse! The horse is like, see ya. Now, I'm not sure how they filmed this, especially with horses, but it had to be. That'd be a good behind the scenes to look at. Like, the, they think they're, they're chasing a black horse, and they think Zoro's on there. Of course, he's like, wait a minute, no! And he slowly is stealing horses and going from like guard to guard, kicking their ass. And again, lots of cool things in this film. It just makes it disheartening how bad the second one was. And I, and I, I haven't gone into great detail, but the whole cast came back. You know, Zeta Jones came back. Antonio came back. Of course. Anthony Hopkins did not come back. I mean, spoilers. You'll see it soon. But and they had a new premise. And it was just, there was, it was just, they made Zoro a moron. It's kind of like my issue with um the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker. Which, by the way, this is not a sexist thing. I thought she was awesome as a 13th Doctor. But she was a victim of this awful God-awful writing. Awful. 
And awful, what I mean is they made her doctor seem so stupid. You know, if you watch Doctor Who for a period of time, you would know that the doctor's always been a character who, like, gets himself in trouble, but he always, like, has a plan behind a plan behind a plan. Like, there's always a reasoning for what he does. And it's like, oh, my God, he knew all along. But they somehow made Jodie Whittaker's doctor, and I talked to my friend Melissa about it, and you've heard her on Baptism of Thrones, is they made her dumb. Like, she was clueless. Like, she had no idea what was going on. Like, oh, what? The Weeping Angels are back? What? I'm the, I'm the first. Like, I created the Time Lords? It's just a lot of stuff that was just dumb. How they did the second film? Stupid. They made Zoro instead of swashbuckling? A freaking moron. Oh, anyway, I digress. Nothing that Zoro can handle. The parting away is right now. This is another good, another great scene. Like, why? The passing of the of the baton. Now here we have the little bitterness. Is your daughter? Oof. So even just good callbacks like hey I know you let you dig my kid this is how I think me and my future son-in-law will have an understanding that I'll know like okay you can marry her See, him going for Elena now is not about Zoro, it's about him. Like, he's done with it. He's like, I'm done. This is about me now. Like, all those years I gave everything to these people, and I lost everything. Now this is about me. This is about me getting my kid back, the truth. Like, this is the core. This is one of the cores of the film, is this, between these two guys. Like, two old arch enemies. Is
Oof. De la Vega. So cool him coming out of the shadows like that. This is a call back to the beginning of the film when he was snapped out of that haze. And he's, he just brought the whole thing around. He's like, yeah, you know what? It's, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, it's him. But anybody can wear the mask like it like the dark knight rises that scene with christian bale oh i forgot the actor's name what was his name third rock from the sun become a huge actor i forgot his name guys i don't want to look it up he was like the pseudo robin anyway they're inside the the cop car they're driving and christian bale's talking to i forgot the name of the cop too whatever and he's like, you know, like the way he finds out was stupid, but, you know, I digress. But the way he says, like, you know, I need, we needed you back. Why didn't you come back? And he's like, I thought my job was done. He's like, well, we need you. He's like, no, anybody can wear the bat. Anybody can be Batman. I did it to, to protect the people that I love, but anybody can be him. Even though he's lying. How her mother died. So he knows he's screwed. But even now he's still squirming. And this is where he becomes the father. And I think her tears are for him, like not even for Montero at this point, because she's like, you know, wait, that's my dad. I want you to survive. I want to know more. Romania.
Yeah, that's your dad right there. Like, dude, what the hell? You can convey so many things with just your eyes. And I was, um, a while ago, I was watching some videos on YouTube, as I do sometimes. And the recent ones I watch are about, like, inocular. Like, if you watch Tom Hardy's performance in Dark Knight Rises, it's all inocular. It's all through the eyes because he doesn't, he doesn't move his mouth. It's covered by a contraption, a little mask. In a lot of films, they can, I think in acting school, they teach you, like, you know, they convey, like, mannerisms, body language, and, you know, everything, and eyes as well. And they say the eyes is the most important thing. Eye contact, you know, how you shift them. Like, if you're looking off into someplace else, you know, you have to relay that with your eyes because. That's a big thing. Of course, you have a little call back here to the beginning of the film with um, Anthony Hopkins dressed in a sort of like a little, little hood and Antonio doing the same, taking care of the people. Like it shows that like, oh, yeah, I'm Zorro, but you know what? I'm, I'm one of you guys, too. Knocked them on real fast. Now, recently, Antonio Banderas, he's been making, he's promoting Puss and Boots. And uh, he did Uncharted last year. He's, he's been in a lot of films, that, like recently. Good for him. But I think he talked to Deadline. He's like, you know what? I would love to do another Zorro film where I would pass the baton like Anthony Hopkins did to me to somebody else. And he mentioned Tom Holland. And I'm like, but isn't Tom Holland in like a lot of things now? Like... It, like, he seems to be the go-to guy name. Like, Tom Holland for this and Tom Holland for that. Like, he's Spider-Man now. And like, he can make a living off that. He's Nathan Drake right now in Uncharted. I think if you do that, you get a little bit of an oversaturation with an actor. Like, I think that's what happened to Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, for the longest time, she was in The Hunger Games. She was in the X-Men films. And she still was doing her own stuff. And I think after a while, like, Hollywood grew to resent her. Which I never thought that she's a phenomenal actress, by the way. 
Watch Glass House. But I think Tom is in, is in danger of getting to that point being oversaturated, and I hope he doesn't. So, I mean, if they're going to redo it, bring Antonio back, that's a nice little nod. But get somebody else. Like, I was saying Timothy Chalamet, but, like, I don't even know about him. Get, like, an unknown. You stopped it for now. <laughs> Again, amazing swordplay. Yeah, there we go. Let's do this now. Score's got to be settled. See, I've been like the the fight that's gonna happen between Love and Alejandro is a good fight as well. But like this is the fight I was waiting for. To me, it's like, it's been building for this. Like the history, like you can see, like the pain in both people's eyes. Like, you took this from me, you took this from me. And it's just like, you know what? I don't care what happens in this fight. One of us is, is going to die. Same thing with, you know, Zoro and Captain, Captain Love. First Flash. And of course, you got to have your silly moments as well. Now, what did he say in the training circle? You don't go have to go to him. He's going to come to you. I like the stance of Zoro. See, with each villain, there's a personal connection. That's what make these, like, people would say, oh, it's stupid, it's silly, it's two guys fighting with swords, like two guys fighting with lightsabers, but the history of why they're fighting, Alejandro for his brother, seeing a severed head, De La Vega, the loss of his wife and his daughter, which is more powerful to me, like, you lose a, like either, they're both Powerful, but like De La Vega lost his wife and his kid, so I'm gonna give it to De La Vega here. Even though he lost his brother, I get it. Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. There's a furnace there. Uh, just blow that up and turn it off. Yeah. Oh, he did it, made it worse. What a dick. Like, 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 this is what's so good. This moment right here. Like, even though he raised that kid since birth, basically, he still stuck a gun at her throat. <laughs> and Capitan Love, he gets mad like uh, again, two different fights, two different scenes, a woman in between. At this moment, she's like, "Wait a minute, you know these people need help too." So there's a little bit of Zoro in her as well. Like that's her mom. Like that's my dad. From Murrieta. Again, a cool little line. Cool little thing. Like, it's not Zoro. It's like, it's a personal fight for him. He's like, no, this is my fight. Not Zoro's. So, in a way, like, this is the end of Alejandro Murrieta and the birth of Zoro. Because he has to get rid of that pain to move forward. Oof. 
personal victory. One last trick for De La Vega, though. And that's why he was Zoro. What's the old saying? Two birds with one stone? Literally happens right now. To be buried. What a what a horrible scream by Matt that's your oof. Again, everything about this film is so good. Even this cheesy shit is good. And of course, this was a big shot during this era as the walkaway shot. Like, usually it was fire, but like at this point, like, hey, we rescued all the people, they're safe. And these people should know who Zoro is now. You know, I said that scene with Capitan Love and Alejandro was, was a great scene. This is another good scene as well. Like, this is the passing right here. And this is the moment that he has with his daughter. all he wanted oh sorry <clears throat> get choked up <clears throat> and the blessing basically I know like, my time is over, but not yours. Such, this is acting. Ugh. Hit me.
Zoro was gone. must always be Zoro. Oh, he did name the, the, the other horse tornado. I guess tornado part two. He's wound up. <laughs> he has loved you as all of them. What a great line. Oh, so many cool lines. And Zoro walks off into the sunset. And of course, he ended the film the way it began. And guys, that is, or was, The Mask of Zoro by Martin Campbell, 1998. As we continue our swashbuckling month, I hope you enjoyed it. As you know, I, I love this film. It's one of my favorite films ever. It's a go-to film, and it like literally watching this film. This film is almost twenty-six years old, I believe. Still holds up. And if they do a remake, um. You know, they would obviously have to advance time, maybe, or they could stick in the same era, I'm not sure, but I think it would work. You bring Antonio back, bring a younger guy. I mean, you could make it a limited series. I don't know what you could do, but there's a lot you can do with it. And it just feel good movies. Like, it makes you want to go to the theater. I'm glad we're having movies like that this year. We had Top Gun. Wakanda Forever got released. A couple years ago, we had Spider-Man No Way Home. And we have Avatar coming up, so... 
hopefully films get back to this big fun epicness we've missed it in the last couple of years with COVID it sucks I hate it but maybe we'll get him soon so any hooter guys check out the Facebook page and see all our updates because we have a lot of stuff coming because Christmas is coming very soon and we have Christmas one and that'll be fun so as always from myself and Mike BAM and we will see you soon. Bye, kids.